0: Series podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Vandermolen. This podcast is dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself, both personally and professionally. Throughout this series, you will have the opportunity to hear and learn from people who have reached high levels of success in life and in dentistry. And these same people also genuinely want you to be able to do the same. Today, I am so honored to have thought coach and strategist Leah Rowling with me. Hi, Leah. Hi there.
1: How are you?
0: I'm um, great. Great. Um, before I get started talking to Leah, and I had a little bit of a, a, a pre-talk with her, and uh, I'm just really excited for you guys to, to listen to her. But before I get started, I just want to share a little bit uh, about Leah so you, you know something about her. Um, Leah describes herself as a mostly happy, uh, loved wife. I, I can relate to that. Um, she's, she's got three boys. She's got a, she's got a dog. Um, apparently she's guacamole obsessed. I'm not sure what that, we might have to learn more about that. Uh, she describes herself as a self-care junkie. She's an Enneagram three, which maybe we can talk a little bit later, uh, Leah, about what that even means. Um, uh, but basically she's a thought coach and a strategist. She's an author. She's a public speaker. Um, she says she's not perfect though. So that's good. So basically she was in corporate life for 25 years. Uh, then she started her own coaching company and her own methodology and after spending 30 years trying to find her worth in accomplishing, people pleasing, trying harder, doing more, searching for answers, finding none, she had an epiphany. The answers were never found because she was solving the wrong problem. Her quest to help people be the boss of their brain and truly understand how our heads and our hearts are the secret to every doubt, Every delay, every distraction, every disappointment, every decision. Think about it. How would your life be different if doubt, delays, distractions, disappointments, and decisions were all under your control? How would your life be different if you had the solution to every single problem? Well, that sounds interestingly. I can't wait to get the answer to that one. Her mission is to show you not only uh, that it is in your control, but how to solve it. She has something called her B method, B E. Uh it's a combination of personal development journey along with her multiple certifications and degrees in cognitive behavioral thea- therapy, excuse me, neurolinguistics neurolingu- programming, hypnosis, neuroscience, quantum science, metacognition and metaphysics, and PhD programming. Wow. Uh, wow. That's amazing. So uh and the coolest thing about her is and she puts this in all caps, is she says she values faith, family, and fun. Her big scary goal is unconditional love for everyone, including herself. So once again, uh, welcome, Leah. Thank you for taking the time to visit with us on today's podcast.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited.
0: So generally, we're talking to uh, dentists on this podcast, and um, occasionally we have sort of people outside the realm, and I particularly enjoy talking to people outside of dentistry because they always share perspectives that uh, we in dentistry sort of don't get, outside of the box to think about and but yet you're someone who's come into dentistry and I was just wondering how did how did you get involved in the dental space in the first place?
1: So I had met with uh, Dr. Steph Mohan and uh, we had did some coffee together and she was just talking to me about dentistry as a profession and the frustrations and the overwhelm that the the industry creates. And she was talking to me about burnout and she was talking to me about this, this idea of you know, perfectionism and the personalities, if you will, that mm-hmm. a lot of dentists have and was wondering if I would take her on as a client to get her feeling what she thought was going to be um, more healthy, more energy, right? And right. I I think what unfolded from that was in a, probably a first time ever opportunity for her to really understand, if you will, what it means to be human, right? What it means to think and what it means to feel. I mean, we can have all of these designations behind our name, but I don't think we're ever really taught how to think. We're not taught how to feel, and we're not taught what it means to be a human. And when we know these things, we can actually live a life and create design architect, if you will, the life that we want.
0: All right. So, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Stephanie Mohan, she's a very successful uh, dentist in, in uh, Iowa. She's not someone who is having a lot of mental problems. Um, she's just someone who's very, uh, very forward thinking. And, uh, and, and, and I, I applaud her for reaching out to Leah. So uh, that's 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 awesome. Um, you know, I have to say, Leah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play sort of devil's advocate here. So a lot of dentists are talking to a lot of sort of scientific kind of people, right? Uh, we go to school, uh, you know, learning math, and we we can figure out the cosine of something, and all the and uh, we got to do calculus and all kinds of com- complicated things, and we think, yeah, we're really smart. Um, you know, what else does it take? But I think most dentists would would uh, agree that um, a lot of us aren't sort of feely, touchy-feely kind of human beings. And and so when I hear what you're saying, uh, some dentists may go, oh, well, you know, I don't know if I, I really need all that. So what, what would you say? What would you do to open uh, dentists' minds that, that maybe this this kind of um, thinking about how the brain works and how you should be feeling and how you should be thinking, uh, what, what would you say to them? Well, one, it's
1: it's no wonder that they're questioning this because they have certain personalities that allow them to be skeptical of things that are not rooted in science. And what I want to offer is there's nothing that I'm going to offer you or to your uh, listenership that isn't rooted in the neuroscience and the neuroplasticity of the way the brain works. So it's all, it's not, um, you know cotton candy self-help, if you will. It's, it's all, it's all science. It's, it's all research based. But then I would go one step further into offering up a model, if you will. It's a coaching framework model that really has, um, partnered well with the dentists that I work with because it is, it's a framework for thinking that's, like an algorithm, like you guys like, you, you right? Like you like right. math. You want to know that if I do this and this and this and this, I'm going to get this.
0: Right. And tell us all the steps. That's what we want to know. Tell us all, all, the, steps all the steps. And, and yes. here's
1: and here's yep. all the steps. Tell us well, the formula. All, yeah. <laughs> right. What's the formula? That's yeah. what, that's what I've created because uh, it was also interesting is, especially for my male clients, they, they think that I created this for their brain. <laughs> They're like, oh, you created this for the male gender. I'm like, actually, this is created for humans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you thinking, are, are we just like, are male dentists, that we just think the world just revolves around us and everything is for us? Is that what you're saying, Leah?
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm thinking that you just have a human brain that... And you're you're, and and not even just male dentists, but I think dentists in general, they they have certain personalities, right? And right. I mean, I co- I coach, of course, other other industries other than than dentists, and we all have a brain which serves to sabotage our success, but dentists in particular tend to have um, personality traits, if you will. That are practical, that are pragmatic, right? That are logical and objective, um, right. organized and decisive. And we all know that when our strengths—which I would, I would um, think that all of those that I just mentioned are strengths—but when they're overused, they become our weaknesses. I and see. We need to understand what those are, so that we we can we can lean into our strengths for what they are and be aware that if we're not onto ourselves and they are overused, they will create sabotage and wreak havoc on the success that we want to create in our life.
0: So we need to, we need, we need to be able to step back from ourselves every, every once in a while. Is that what you're saying? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. So, so you, so you kind of hinted out that there's some kind of model that, you've, that you that you do. So, can you tell me a little bit about the framework of that that model that you teach?
1: Absolutely. So, it's a coaching model that I learned from uh, Brooke Castillo in the Life Coaching School, and then I kind of interjected some quantum science and some neuroscience in it to allow for there to be opportunities for us to really do a deeper dive into the brain, how it works, why it works, and why it's fundamental to understand this knowing, because if we don't, we live at the effect of our life, right? And we don't affect it. Um, right. And that's the quantum science behind it all. So the model is, I'll say as simple as this, right? So there's, it's an acronym for STEER, S-T-E-A-R. And of course, each letter um, is a category all in of itself. And to, to simplify it g- gravely, um, I normally, when I do workshops for corporations, I generally take a day with each of the letter. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to take like a couple seconds with each okay. letter, but I'm right. going to do it in hopes to to um, offer up this framework to your listenership all in right. a way Great. that's really meaningful and inspiring. So the S uh, is the first letter and it stands for situation and I'll interchange situation for circumstances, um, interchangeably. Um, the S in our life is people, places, um, things outside of ourselves. It's right. the in-laws, it's our spouses, it's our kids, it's our colleagues, it's our, it's our team, it's other dentists and they are neutral, Right. And a lot of people will hear me say that and be like, uh-uh, you, know, you haven't met my spouse or my in-law or whatever. I assure you they're not neutral, but they are. They are neutral until we give the S meaning with our thinking, right? And that's the right. T. All right. We give the S meaning with our thinking, which means that the S is never the problem. And when we don't know this, we spend a lot of our time and energy blaming the S. Blaming our situation which is completely, mostly out of our control, instead of putting blame on what is in our control, which is our thoughts. We think our thoughts are true, we think our thoughts are facts, and then we get into trouble because our brain wants to prove them right. And our, brains, our thoughts are not facts, and they're not necessarily true, although always valid, they don't always create the results that we want in our life and thoughts always become things so we have to be really careful about what we're thinking about and a lot of us don't pause to think about what we're thinking about we just assume that our thoughts are true right right
0: yeah yeah it's right. kind of scary kind yeah. of scary stuff i don't know if right. i don't know if we should keep going on with EAR, but let's go.
1: Let's go EAR. (laughs) Let's go. I will pause to say one more thing about our thoughts, right? Yes. Most of our thoughts, right? Most of them aren't even our own. They are thoughts that we have recycled, have have borrowed, have stolen from our families, our parents, our teachers, our coaches, uh, people, our siblings, right? And if not checked, we truly believe that they are accurate, and they create a lot of scarcity for us if unchecked.
0: Right. And the, and the thing is, is with it's a lot of those are so deep seated. I mean, they're way back from just when you're a little kid,
1: yeah. right? Right.
0: So, so then, so that so that's something to overcome. That is is it takes takes a whole process, which I'm sure you're going to share with us. But yeah, but uh, yeah. but it but it's amazing. It absolutely is amazing. Okay yeah uh,
1: okay so and, and and if you still aren't with me with regards to the thoughts are our problem and not the situation, I want you to think about it this way if we were brain dead, right mm-hmm. we would give no meaning to the s. So of course we're the creators of whatever it is that we're thinking and that gets me to e whatever it is that we're feeling okay mm-hmm. We think that our spouses, Make us mad or our kids overwhelm us or our in-laws anger us, but they don't. We anger and frustrate and overwhelm ourselves with our thinking, period. Emotions are just vibrations in the body created by our thoughts. We have a thought and then there's a chemical, a vibration in the body that we label as an emotion. Now, I know you dentists, right? I love you all. And A lot of you think that you really don't feel, or you have two feelings—either good or not good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, black and white.
1: Black and white. But I promise you, there's not a birth defect here. You were all born (coughs) with the emotional spectrum. You just don't label things other than good or bad, right? Right? I'm feeling good, having a good day. I'm feeling bad, I'm having a bad day, Right? right? Right. But the interesting thing about feelings is. Everything that we do or don't do is to feel a certain way or to not. So then feelings actually become everything. Feelings are indicators that there is something in us that needs to be looked at, healed, corrected, shifted, something, right? It's not a dictator. We're not really taught how to feel. I think there's two kind of beliefs out there on feelings. One, either sweep... You, those feelings under the rug where all good feelings go and the bad ones too right. or there's the camp to feel your feelings well okay but how right? right there's no feeling school that I know of. right so if feelings are everything then we need to kind of get a handle on what they are why they are and how we can use them to fuel our best action, which gives me to the next letter A, action. Now, I used to be a coach. I used to be a personal trainer. I used to be a marathon coach, a Ironman coach, a triathlon coach, you name it. And the thing that kept me up at night was I offered up my athletes the same blueprint. I mean, obviously individualized, but it basically told them exactly what to do, right? And 50% of the time my athletes would cross the finish line. And the other 50% of the time, maybe they'd get to the start line, maybe they wouldn't, and maybe they'd get halfway through the race, and maybe they wouldn't. And it kept me up all night. Why? Right? And why it is is it's not in action.
0: Right. We, but we so but did, yeah. did, did you tell yourself at the time, well, you know, some will, some won't? <laughs> I mean, are, is with, where you did, you never resigned yourself to that, huh?
1: You just I never said, resigned myself to that because you figured, I you figured
0: you could help everybody.
1: I figured if, if somebody had a willingness to commit with a, no matter what kind of commitment, I could get them there, but I didn't know the, how,
0: how to get to the commitment,
1: how to get to commitment. Right. Right. And so that's when I went back and I studied everything in quantum science and quantum medicine and metacognition and neuroscience and for that, for that reason to answer that question. Why is it that people don't do what they say they're going to do? You're going to sign up for a race. You're going to run a marathon. Why is it that you don't get to the finish line? Because it's not because of your action. I gave you exactly what to do. It's not in what we do. If it was, we would have done it already. There's right. enough coaches, Google searches, podcasts, books on literally how to do anything, how to make money, how to lose weight, how to get healthy, how to be successful, how to run a practice, how to grow and cultivate a team. right? There's a book on it, I promise.
0: Yeah, yeah. all that but, information's but it's not out in
1: the there. Line. Yeah
0: Yeah. but yeah. how do you get people to commit?
1: How do you get people to commit? You get people to commit with commitment fueling the action. And commitment is an emotion that comes from one thought, no matter what.
0: And what's that one? As a state
1: of being, right?
0: Yeah, what's the one thought?
1: No matter what.
0: No matter what.
1: No matter what, I'm doing this. Okay. Right? No matter what. And we have to be on to ourselves that if we're really not committed and we're really just interested in it, then we have to stop wanting it. Because when we tell ourselves that we're really committed to doing it and yet we don't do what we say we're going to do, we ruin our relationship with ourselves. Right. And then it spirals us into this, this other thought that I don't do what I say I'm going to do right and that will become a fulfilling a self-fulfilling prophecy right right so the a line what we do or what we don't do right is fueled by our emotions we think that we're going to do what we do in the a line get the results that we want right right and then feel a certain way right we're going to buy this practice right so that we can, um, you know, increase the amount of people that we uh, have serve in dentistry so that we'll finally feel accomplished, right. right? And we never do it, right? Because we have to feel accomplished. That has to be the end is the way. We have to feel accomplished first to get to the action of purchasing that other practice. It doesn't work the other way. It, it's it's not action, result, feeling. It's feeling, action, result. And then result is the last letter of the model. And results are always proof of your original thought. I like to, um, at workshops, in corporate events, I like to ask them what their results are. And I like to tell them then what their thoughts are, or they'll tell me what their thoughts are and I will tell them what their results are. They think that I'm psychic, but it's not, it's because I understand the human psyche.
0: So give me an example of that.
1: So let's, let's take a, you know, let's take a simple, let's, let's break this down in a simple model. Um, Something that whether or not you're dealing with, you've probably have known somebody that was dealing with it. And I'll just use weight loss for an example.
0: Correct.
1: Big one. So so in the S line, right, people want to tell me that their situation is that they're overweight and that they're not healthy and that they're whatever. That's not their situation. That's not neutral. That's not a fact, right? Mm -hmm. The only fact is how much they actually weigh. The gravitational pull of their body on a square. I need that number. That's what could be proven in a court of law. All the other things are just adjectives, right? Okay. They couldn't be, they couldn't be confirmed in a court of law. You can't get a blood test, right, for feeling disgusting and, and looking disgusting. Like you couldn't go right. to your doctor and say, Could I, do I test positive for looking disgusting? <laughs> right? So that goes in your T-line, my friend. Well,
0: that depends on your doctor. You might get a, might get a few doctors that could tell you that.
1: Right. For, probably for sure, but there would be no blood work tested, right? Okay. All right. No, I love it. So we need, we need a number. So we need a number on the scale. So they give yeah. me that number, and I throw that in the S-line. So let's okay. just call it 220. Okay. Now we can get to work, right? Now we have this number that's 220, we have a thought about it. Now, we have between fifty to 60,000 thoughts on any given day. 90 for f- 95% of those thoughts are from our unconscious programming. Right. Right? Which we're on autopilot. We're on autopilot, right? Yep. Which yep. means that if we're not interrupting the day with some intentionality, some conscious thinking, our very familiar past will become our very predictable future. If it feels like you're living in Groundhog's Day, it might be because you are,
0: right? Yeah.
1: So if, if we have a thought about that 220, that it's, it's too heavy, that it's too much, that I've tried to lose weight before and I haven't been able to, and um, I'll never... It, those are scarcity thoughts, right? And right. whenever we have scarcity in the T line, we're going to have scarcity in the R line. And I'm going to show you that. So we have this thought: like I'm never going to be able to do it. Let's keep it. Let's keep it simple. Never going to be able to do it. I've 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 tried everything before. Nothing before.
0: Right.
1: That em- that thought, right, creates an emotion of probably a lot of things, but I'm going to go hopelessness. Now now, remember, our thought created our hopelessness not the actual weight on the scale right 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 so we have that thought that creates hopelessness when you feel hopeless right what do we do in our a-line right we stall out we don't act
0: not much of anything
1: right we don't we don't do anything besides overeat right (laughs) right right so then in our results guess what happens We don't lose any weight, right? And we confirm our thought true, that we're never going to lose weight. Right. Right? So that's what I mean. Your results are always going to be in some way, shape, or form proof of your original thought. Right. So what I would do in this model is that I would create what I call an intentional model, one where we're actually thinking about what we want to think about, when we're actually thinking about what we want the results to be. Right? Right. And in this case, let's, and and we can reverse engineer the model anywhere we want, which is kind of fun for you science and math nerds. That's right. You can interject it with the E, the A, the R, whatever. Most of my clients, right, want to interject with the R. Like their results are I lose weight. That's what they want. Right. Okay? So what I have to ask when I say the end is the way, I ask, how would you feel if you lost the weight you wanted? And they would say to me, I would feel happy. I would feel confident. I would feel accomplished. I would feel as if I could look at myself in the mirror and say, that a girl, way to go. You look great. Or that a way, guy, you look great, right? Whatever the case. Right. So we have to reverse engineer this. So if we want to lose the weight, we have to fuel that model with the same sort of emotion that we're going to feel as if we'd already accomplished it. So the fuel has to be in confidence. The fuel has to be in acceptance and appreciation and accomplishment, right? right. That's the only way. So if the R is we lose the weight and now we're whatever, whatever amount we want to weigh, and the emotion fueling the A is confidence, Maybe it's hopeful, right? What we do in the A-line from confidence and hopeful is way different than what we do when we feel hopeless. When we're feeling confident, we have a no-matter-what type level of commitment to the cause. Right. right. And we fundamentally understand that as long as we don't quit, we will be successful. And we don't have to put a timeline on it Because it will happen when it happens, as long as we don't quit. And so the thought could be, right, to get us to confident, it could be that no matter what, I'm going to keep trying and not quit. And I promise you that state of being, that type of personality... Right is going to show up in their a line and get that result every time.
0: So what's what's different about what you're saying? So uh, so I'm a big goal setter, writing down my mm-hmm. goals and so on. But usually have a a timeline with that. Mm-hmm. But with mm-hmm. this, is you're like no matter what, we're just going to keep on keeping on, and then we're going to get the result. So where where would if someone said, well, I really need to get this done by this amount of time? I mean, would it work that way too? Sure. So you have to have this done by the end of 2022?
1: For sure. I mean, and we would just, we we would use in the A-line that plan to okay. get us there. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to have to shift and pivot. Sure. Right. I think for so many of us, we make, we, we haven't cultivated disappointment or failure tolerances. Because we do things that, for the most part... Are pretty realistic, right. right? Which means that they've done they've been done before. Right. So we really don't push ourselves or challenge ourselves to right. the point of failure. And I promise you that on the other side of that is where all the success lies. Right. So if we can understand that, maybe we said in six months we wanted to have this this goal accomplished, right? And maybe we're just short by five pounds. Right. Let's just say, for example so many times, right? We give ourselves an out because we didn't make it to that time. Like we didn't make it within the timelines that we put for ourselves. Right. right. But we, because we haven't learned how to be disappointed. Yeah. Right.
0: I think, I think it's, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up about the action and having an action plan because, uh, one of the things that that i found in in uh, working with other people and in my own life um, i always tell people you have to take action nothing happens until you take action right so you can believe all you want do think about things but until you take action nothing happens and and i think the the problem is is people think well what if i take the wrong action or what mm-hmm. if something goes wrong mm-hmm. and the cool thing is is that if you have your results in mind um, that Things will come into your life, people will come into your life, and maybe that action takes a right turn or a left turn or veers off one way or another, but ultimately things are going to work out for the better for you. And the results may even change a little bit, but... But what I've found, again, from just my own life and, and people that, I, that I've coached is that they're like, wow, this turned out even better than I thought. Or, wow, this happened even before I thought it did. And I have no idea that this thing was going to happen in my life, this thing. It just all works out. So so I'm glad that you're you're pointing that out, that just because whatever your action is that you've planned might go awry or, or, or may, may fall a little short, it's good you're taking the action. And it's good that you have good – uh, you're, you're meaning well that, that you're going to do better because you will do better. I, and I like that your confidence in how you said that is no matter what, it's going to happen. So thank you for pointing that out.
1: Yeah. And, and thank you for pointing out this whole notion that action is important because sometimes when people hear me talk about the model, they'll think, oh, so then it's just it's just about thinking positive, right? And, right. And, and I just want to be, no, nope. that's not what I coach on. You can think positive all day long. If you're not feeling positive, you're not going to show up in your action. But our brains are funny that way. They want, they want to discern what letter is most important, mm-hmm. right. right? And it's, they're all important for different reasons. We right. have to understand why each of these letters are ridiculously important, and why you have to put them all together. It's an algorithm for a reason. If you pull out one of the letters, it doesn't work. It falls apart. Your, your equation won't work, my right. friends. You won't get the right math.
0: <laughs> right. That's right. We want the right equation.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We want the right answers. Great. Right. Okay. Great. Right. All right. I love it. Well, awesome. So, uh, so that that's awesome. I, I can see how you can really help people with uh, weight problems and, and all kinds of personal problems. But let's talk a little bit about um, what what are some of the things that you've seen, uh, some examples that you've seen in, with dentists that you work with? What are some of the sort of mind shifts that they've had or things that they've accomplished? What kind of results have they had using this model or, or any of the other um, uh, work that you do?
1: Yeah. So the biggest things that I see in dentistry, um, other than burnout, like I see a lot of burnout in dentistry. Um, We're not taking care of our mental and our emotional and our physical health. And then we don't have the energy. When people ask me, um, interesting enough, what's the thing that I probably coach the most on? Most people would think, oh, she's a mindset coach. She's a thought coach, right? But the reality is, is that's not the most important piece. The most important piece is energy because if we don't have energy, we don't have what's required to do the thought work necessary to even run the algorithm, right? Yeah. So we, we have to get our head around the burnout that's real, right? And we have to learn to take care. We need a gym for our body. We need a gym for our mind. And if we're not getting coached in either of those, then we need to figure out how we can self-coach ourselves through that so we have the energy needed to do the big things that we want to do in our practice in our life
0: so so what would you say when when people people say that all the time i'm burned out i'm just i just um you know i'm just burned out is there is have you found in your work that there's a certain underlying thing that leads someone to just say i'm burned out is there one is there is there one thing that just sort of flips that switch where someone just sort of throws throws everything up and says I'm just burned out I'm done
1: when I have those conversations we look at two paths one what are they doing to restore their energy right right and I'll I will offer up like my prescription for that and then two where are they depleting their energy so what I mean by that What are we doing to restore the energy, right? What are we doing with regards to meditation, exercise, diet, sleep, relationships, supplements, right? Those are my top ones, right? And we dig deep into all of them because they all matter. Where are we giving away our energy? Meaning, where are we not having boundaries? Where are we people-pleasing? Where are we trying to do things perfectly, and therefore, stalling out and not putting out anything into the world, not taking the action, right? Because right. oh, typically, you just, when I find described, you just you just described, the, you just, you, yeah. you
0: just described the, the typical dental office scenario, right? Right. Uh, the things that are sucking the energy out of you is it? It's, a, it's a, sort of give, 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 and and a lot of dentists feel sort of trapped in that, like they don't have control in their own offices. Have you found that?
1: Oh my gosh, yes, and 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 they feel like they have to people please because. In these days and time, <clears> uh, the, there's such a shortage in staff, right? right? And so they have to like placate and people please and <laughs> like right, walk on eggshells to make yeah. sure that everyone la- is pleased. <laughs>
0: I'm la- I'm laughing because I have this conversation at least once a week where Dennis will tell me they go, oh, you know, ever since COVID, you know, now I have to put up with this. I before that person would have been gone, and now I'm just like. You know, yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, that sounds great. I'll go ahead and do that. I mean, people that were sort of hardline, you know, tough bosses now are just are, are they feel like they're just putty in their staff's hands. So, um, yeah, I, I get it. I get what you're saying.
1: Yeah, and and my response to all of that is, we can be, we can hold people, and we should beholding people to standards, right? By elevating and leveling them up, right? And we, when we people please, when we pretend, when we placate, right? We exhaust ourselves, right? And then we become resentful and then we become frustrated because we haven't learned how to tell the truth. And this is what I mean by this. We've learned how to tell half-truths in anger, Right, and we don't tell the truth because our truth is not kind, and it's not kind because we haven't cleaned up all of the judgment around the way we think they should be. Mm -hmm. Right, if somebody is having a difficult time with said staff member, right, who before COVID they would like put down the law and put them on a pit plan, and if they didn't perform, they were out. Well, now we have to keep this person on because. We need a body in there to do certain things that we can't do without them. And because the pool isn't great and the um, demand is greater than the supply, we we are somewhat stuck. And I'm putting "stuck" in air quotes. You can't right. see me because "stuck" <laughs> is not a state. Like it's a right. choice by a thought, right? Right. Um. But be- it's because we haven't learned how to tell the entire truth. Because we have to clean up our thoughts that make us angry about this situation. The situation is this staff member doing whatever it is that they're doing. Right. Right? The whole truth in that, right, if you've been enabling this and you want to stop enabling this to hold a boundary to protect and conserve your energy, the whole truth looks like this. Hey, said staff member, right, I want you to know that I haven't done a very good job of inspiring you and demanding excellence from you because I haven't been doing it for myself.
0: So using the I word instead of the U word, I see.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's all our fault, you guys. It is. And, and and honestly, it's the best news ever because when we make it be the S's fault. Right, Then we have to figure out how to control and manage and manipulate them, and I haven't figured out how to do that. And when I do, I'm coming back on your podcast. I'm going <laughs> to share that with your audience, but I haven't figured out how to do that. so it has to be our fault.
0: Now come on, Leah, it, it can't be all our fault. It's It's everybody else now come on, come on. You're, you're not making this you're saying it's easy, but this is this is a hard realization you got you gotta you gotta admit that.
1: It is, it's hard at first, but when you realize that if you are the problem, if, if you're the reason for the problem, and you are, and it is all your fault, and you are the one to blame, then you also are the one that has the solution to fix it. And that is empowering. The that's other the good way,
0: yeah, that's good right, that's the yes. best
1: news ever, my friends, because if we let the situation run our, our life and our world, then we're, we become victims. In a life that we don't even recognize.
0: All right. Well, I'm feeling better because when I when when dentists tell me that they're having this problem that problem, I, I always try to circle it back and go, you know, this is all about you. <laughs> <laughs> so so now I have a podcast this am I'm like, okay, go to the podcast. Go about 30 minutes in, and you'll see that I'm correct because I've got an expert. <laughs> Her name is Leah. She'll she'll back me up on that.
1: (laughs) All day long, my friend.
0: (laughs) It's so true. So, how about some other? I I love that example you give with the the staff member. Are are there any uh, uh, other sort of, you know, sort of moments that dentists have gone? Oh, okay. Now now I get it. Is there any other examples that you can give? Sort of aha moments, maybe that that dentists have experienced.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was working with a dentist, and I, I mean, for almost a decade. He had been wanting to bring on an associate, and just for whatever reason, right? Like right. this is the reason, right? Uh, that I went back to school and cleared up all the certifications. For whatever reason, he wasn't doing what he said he wanted to do. Okay. was a line, right? Okay. And I worked with him for probably a couple of months, and we unpacked again our strengths overuse can become uh, our weaknesses, right? So his logical brain, right? The one that we make seemingly good decisions from, Mm -hmm. right? If we think, right, we make decisions based on pros and cons. We think we put the pros out there and then we pick which is best from the pro list, but we don't. We look at (laughs) our con list, and we think about what's more tolerable. Okay. And when we do that, we make a decision in scarcity. When we clean it up and we can make an abundant decision, I always say that there is no bad decision. It's the one you make and you make right by it. Because either way, if it's a decision in abundance, it's going to create an abundant result.
0: Right, so which, we which then to- goes to your actions, which yes. follow, and same thing, like we were talking about earlier. That you got just it. Getting any action based on that kind of abundant thinking, uh, you're going to get things rolling, and, uh, and and things will kick in for you. So, right. Awesome.
1: And, and his decision to get, you know, this associate was all based in scarcity. I asked him what his decision process was. Okay. okay. And, again, it was logical brain. And our brain, as you know, can be a big, fat liar. It is misguiding, and it's often, it often misinforms us, right? Because our thoughts aren't facts, and our thoughts can be limiting, and they don't necessarily create the best result for us. So all of his decision-making were based off of what could be the worst-case scenario, scenario, Right? And yep. in, in that, in that sort of mindset, you're not, you're not doing anything.
0: Right. Yeah. Why right. would you, like, you want to even think about that? Right. Right.
1: Wait, 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 yeah, do, if I do this or this, these are my worst case scenarios with either of these. No, thank you. Right. <laughs> but his, his, our brains, you guys are so fabulous. They want, they've got, I mean, I'm oversimplifying here, but our brains want to either keep us alive, that's the first function, and two, to prove us right. So Mm -hmm. we really have to be careful about what we want it to prove right. Right. Right? So our brain would rather us be right than get an associate. Our Our brain would rather us be right than connected with our husband and our kids. Our brain would rather us be right than have that conversation with that team member or staff member. Right? Right. So we have to understand that and know and be open to being wrong about it all.
0: Okay. So, so this Dennis was looking about all the negative things that could happen by yes. adding a, an associate, and therefore was holding himself off from getting what he really needed. He didn't even look at his pro list. He was just worried. Didn't about
1: even look at his pro list.
0: Just looking, at him, but worried about the cons.
1: Yes, and so yeah. when we looked at his pro list, right, it, it, it was everything he wanted, right. And then it was okay. Do we want this practice that comes with a couple of associates, or do we want this one associate? And we t- either way, it's an abundant thought. It's going right. to create an abundant result. So he okay. ended up getting the associate, and then one month later, he bought the, another practice. So now he has four associates.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So that's the power of our brain, and that's the power of this work.
0: You know, one of the things that uh, that I ran into during COVID um, was, um, and I didn't realize this about myself when you, when you talk about thinking and, and, um, you know, I was talking to my associate doctor a while back and I was saying, you know, when you re- read about all the things at the beginning of our, our country, a, a new country, and you, and you look at the founding fathers and the, and the talents that they had and the stuff that they had. And it's just, I mean, it was just incredible, the the wealth of their knowledge, how they spoke, how they wrote, how they put things together. They were inventing things. They were working on government. They had businesses. They had all these things going on and it makes you feel so small. But but my associate, who is a very smart man himself, he goes, well, he goes, they weren't plugged into the internet. They weren't doing social media. They were actually sitting there thinking. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, you're exactly right. There's a, a lot of time spent thinking that we today, we're just reacting. We're getting hit by all these things all the time and not really taking the time to think. And then when we do, evidently, we're doing it the wrong way. <laughs> we're, we're, we're taking all the negative stuff. So, so that kind of hit me because I, I always I, my thinking time where I really spent planning was whenever I went to a CE course, which was about every four to six weeks and I'd be on the plane by myself with my headsets on uh not listening to anything I was just tuning out everybody else and I'd be writing and thinking about what was my next step for things and then when covid came on I didn't do that and I found myself mm-hmm. not really taking the time to really think and then things sort of stagnated and fortunately I recognized that and I made myself go into a room in my house and shut everything off and, and and start thinking again so so I love that you're putting that emphasis on that and and also uh, I love your S too, because um, we all, because that as dentists, when we talk, you know, maybe, maybe here I am in Springfield, Illinois, and someone's maybe in San Diego, and they're doing something awesome in San Diego, and then my first thing is, well, you know, Springfield isn't San Diego, so you know that's my situation. Um, so, um, so I that really really boils it down to where it all begins. So I love what you're saying. Any other examples you can give me from dentistry?
1: You know, I mean, so many just stem from scarcity thinking. I mean, money. Is that, is a, denti- a,
0: is that, a, is that a dentist thing? Is, or is that no, like a business no owner no. thing? That's a human thing. That's a human thing, the scarcity thing?
1: Yes, because yeah. your brain is on the lookout for what could go wrong. Okay. Right? That's what it has to solve. The, uh, what could go right is not of interest to the brain. Right?
0: Interesting. Interesting.
1: So we again that's why we have to be on to ourselves. Like so when I work with a client, we we really unpack all of their beliefs. All of them. What do you think about money? When you think about money, what do you think about? And most of the time they're like, Well, I don't even know. I'm like, okay, well, do you think money is hard or do you think it's easy? And it flows. Right? Right. And then when they tell me, most of them say well it's hard and it doesn't grow on trees or some version of <laughs> scarcity right i asked them where they where they heard that like where, how did they pick up that belief right and every belief every scarce belief is an opportunity therein to intentionally design a new belief I believe, and I've worked really hard, to believe some really unbelievable things about time, sleep, money, kids, spouses, in-laws, connections, decisions, you name it. But if we're not intentional about it, we'll just continue to believe, and because our brain wants us to be right, we we have all this confirmation bias to support that thought true. So if we believe that money is hard, I promise you, you will have tons of evidence to 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 tell me as if you're sharing something about your life that's real right mm-hmm. you're not you're just telling me more thoughts just because you have a lot of a lot of evidence doesn't make it any more true it just means you have more proof right right because our brain isn't on the lookout for things that don't support our our bias right i mean most of us if we're watching you know CNN we're not watching Fox and vice versa right Right. We're we're filling up with what we believe. Right. And then we believe it more with more conviction. And so most of the coaching work I do is is really just loosening up our strong convictions right, and be willing to be wrong about them. Like, what if I was wrong? What if money was easy? Then what? What if there was no such thing as a waste of time? Or what if you had all the time in the world, for my time scarcity people out there, right? Right.
0: So um, when when we talk about you know abundance versus scarcity, is 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 it naive to say that really just in in general we should all have abundant thinking, or can that get you into trouble?
1: That's a fabulous question. No one has ever asked me that before, but I'm going to go on a limb and say. I don't see how thinking in abundance could ever go wrong.
0: And so, and as I was asking that question, I said, well, there's my scarcity thinking that I would think that being abundant could cause some trouble. So I better focus on that. <laughs> it, right? It, because
1: no, but here's why our brain thinks that it's necessary to be worried, <laughs> that it's necessary to be, you know, to be concerned or to be overwhelmed. Right. right. Our brain doesn't want Like if we were to tell ourselves that we are happy going back to the weight loss, Mm -hmm. our brain thinks that if, if we are happy and confident with how we look, then why would we even do anything in our action line to, to change that? And, and what I offer to that is you would, because you would stop overeating because the only reason why you overeat is because you feel awful and terrible about yourself. Right. Right? And same thing with all of it. Like we have good reasons, I'm not saying that we don't, to think in in scarcity, but worry never solves for anything, ever. Right. Right? Yeah. And generally overwhelm doesn't either. Like there's there's rarely a negative emotion that I see in the model that actually proves fruitful in our A-line. Ever. Yeah. And so it's just interesting to be onto ourselves, like what are the emotions that we're showing up with on the daily? What are the three that we, that normal, if normal is normal and the body wants us to have some homeostasis, then what are the three emotions that we want to cultivate as a state of being, as a personality, so that we can be confident knowing that we're going to, we're going to hit that A-line doing exactly what we need to do every single time. right. Right. Yeah. So,
0: so in all your all your studies and all the different sciences that you've done, I mean, obviously this, this whole sort of defense mechanism you're worried mm-hmm. about what could go wrong, has its roots in you know, back when, back in the day where you were worried about the uh, the tiger in the woods that was going to come mm-hmm. and eat you, right? So, right. in a lot of ways, we're just sort of fighting, uh, fighting those things that are ingrained into our GN, DNA from so long ago. So, so you're saying it's, it's normal, but at the same time, it can be controlled, um, by, by recognizing, Hey, that's there. That's, that's sort of in my DNA, but here's my way out of it. And, and it's a good, it's a good ending. I mean, I was just thinking to myself while we're going through, I mean, when do you feel the best, you know, when you're, when, when we're giving it's, it's almost, it's programmed into us the, you know, there's chemical, chemical processes that go on in our body when we're giving of ourselves and we're and we're we're thinking abundantly it it all feeds that so we actually get a good feeling emotionally just from the chemical reactions that we have in our body but yet at the same time we're like oh no better watch my back I'm feeling too good here
1: (laughs) yes that's such that is I mean I see that so much in dentists like they're just waiting for the shoe to drop yeah like, like, things can't be going this good. Like, with the reactivations going on in dentistry right now, they're like, okay, but, oh, geez, like, what if, what if, right? And they're playing out worst-case scenario, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is always in scarcity. And we embrace it. Like, we, we make peace with worst-case scenario. What? Okay, now what? Okay, what else could be true? And what else could be true is generally an equally as believable thought that leaves us feeling better, That allows us to show up in action, doing what we, doing our life's work, and not just a bunch of busy work. Right. Right.
0: The other word that kind of pops in my mind with thinking of us is, is, you know, Hmm. Uh,
1: optimism—that
0: things, you know, you have a hope and that you're optimistic that your future will be better. I mean, do people that you work with, you feel like they sort of have lost their optimism for life?
1: Some for sure. Uh, it's because we, again, our brains are wired for scarcity, and, and you used the analogy of the bear. We're not in as much physical danger as our you know ancestors were, but we are in emotional and mental danger. Um, the mental danger is the sabotaging beliefs that we continue to bring into our A-line that aren't creating the results that we want, right? That's the danger right? If there is a danger, right? Right. And so we just have to be on to that. And as it relates to optimism, when, so neuroplasticity, the science of neurons and how thoughts work, neurons that wire together, fire together. So if we're firing scarcity thinking, right, on the daily, Mm -hmm. we will think in pessimism. We just will Um, because that's what feels normal to us. That's what feels baseline. Like that's what's, that's what our homeostasis is, right? It's negative. It's pessimistic. It's in scarcity. But the great news about all of that is you can literally like generate new emotions, right? And I know it because I've, I've created all sorts of new emotions for myself and for my clients because if we, could, if we could develop emotions like commitment, right, as, as, a, as a normal way of being so that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I say I'm going to do. Right. Right. Think about the power that has not only in our personal life, but in our professional life. Yeah. My other emotion that I'm normal is curiosity. And I chose curiosity on purpose because I was sick of judging. I was sick of judgment because people will suck at being who I want them to be, right? Right. And when I'm judging them, that doesn't feel good. Then guess who I turn my judgment to? Me. And that didn't feel good. So out of judgment, I got myself out of judgment and into curiosity through wonder. I wonder. I wonder, right? And... It took a little bit of time. I'm not saying that it was an overnight. But every time I found myself judging other people, how they should be different, how they should be more like me, etc., I was like, oh, that doesn't feel good. I feel my judgment. They don't.
0: Right. Exactly. Right?
1: We, yeah. we, we think we want to be mad at whoever it is that we're mad about because that will really teach them. It doesn't teach them a darn thing because they don't feel your anger. You feel it. So I just wanted to be more curious. And so I cultivated curiosity as my baseline, normal, and then gratitude, because gratitude gets you out of pessimism and out of scarcity every time.
0: Oh, that's awesome stuff. I'm looking right up above my desk. I have a quote from Walt Whitman and it says, be curious, not judgmental.
1: Ah, I love it. I love it. Yes. Because if we're not, then we're just judging the world.
0: And it's amazing when you're curious the things that you do find out and it's usually a positive thing. Um, and, and, uh, and people in all walks of life, if you're curious about them, it's, it's amazing what you'll learn. And <laughs> when you're taking action, you're, again, you're going to find somebody that's just being curious about them I was like, Oh my God, they know something that I need to know so that I can go through and get the results that I want. So it's just a, an amazing, uh, go around with that. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, Leah, uh, I have babbled too much. I should have let you talk more, but um oh, no. we were almost out of our, our our, hour here. But um how would um someone contact you if they want to learn more about what you do uh to, to help them through some of these uh, ways of thinking and, and how dentists operate and how 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 could you help them out? How where would they start?
1: Absolutely. I um my website is ww.learolling1l dot com. Um you can find me there. You can reach out to me there. My email is Leah, L-E-A-H, T is in Tom, F is in Frank, L as in Larry at gmail.com. So Leah TFL at gmail.com.
0: I like, I'm looking at your site right now and there's a little uh, blurb on it says, want killer confidence? <laughs> has a little mini course on there.
1: Yes. Um, there's a I mini would... course on killer confidence. If you want to like, like see what it's like to kind of be coached by me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be a really good yeah. place to start because it's a video course on how to cultivate killer confidence because I truly believe that if we had confidence, confidence is kind of a, a sister of commitment, right? Yeah. Um, if we had confidence in our E line, that would squash out the scarcity that we bring to our models and our lives and our results.
0: Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Leah. Thank you for oh, thank steering you. us in the right direction ah, with your steer thing. I
1: love it. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yes. and
0: I, I hope to talk to you again. And uh, have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Likewise,
1: you do the same. Thanks. Have a great one. Bye. You can find more Dental Master Series podcast at SunriseDentalSolutions.com dot com, or by searching for the Dental Master Series on your favorite podcast app. The Dental Master Series was created by Sunrise Dental Solutions, an exclusive community of highly successful, practicing dentists who have succeeded through different paths, working as a group to meet the collective needs of their clientele. To learn more about how Sunrise Dental Solutions can optimize your practice and assist you in defining and achieving your vision, call 1 800 750 0737 or visit Sunrise